Buckle up, everybody. Because here comes another reaction video. My name is Kevin Tony, and you're now listening to the Uncommon Sense Podcast. So I haven't talked about this in a while, uh, just because the show has kind of taken, you know, some different turns. Um, and plus, I, you know, again, certain certain topics, I don't want to hash over and over again. But the stuff that ha- comes out in the news and the stuff that you know I see on social media, it lets me know that you know I might as well get used to coming back around to these topics from time to time. And so this this show is based on something I listened to earlier today. I'm going to play a clip in a few minutes, but I want to I want to set up the clip with something I listened to this morning where there was a news report that came out that talked about how homeschooling is quickly becoming the fastest growing means of education for you know kids k through 12 and we saw a lot of that during you know uh the lockdowns a lot of parents took their kids out of public school and started homeschooling them mostly because the parents were home and they figured why not but it's increased it's really kind of exploded since then they kind of thought it was going to taper off after the lockdowns but it didn't and it's actually you know, starting to grow and new details and information came out, you know, within the last week or so to show that parents are homeschooling their kids more and more. And the increase in parents homeschooling their kids since 2022 is up 51%, which is major. And they say the number of kids that are being homeschooled right now could be as much as three and a half million children right now. That's a lot of kids being homeschooled. That's a lot of parents that are saying they've had enough of public schools. A lot of parents that are saying they've had enough of private schools, charter schools. They're done with all of it. And with good reason. And a crazy demographic for this surge in homeschooling is black families are leading the way, which says a lot. And even, even more interesting, the report found that the numbers in homeschooling have increased the most in the state of New York. Now, whether you want to, make this a political topic or not. Everybody knows that New York is a very blue state. They, they lean, they lean uh, left in all of their policies, the governors, the mayors, the way the cities are run. They, they lean into all of these um, leftist ideas about education and all of that factors into these decisions about, you know, parents that are looking to make changes 
in their child's education, the needs and, you know, you know, what parts are more vital than others in terms of the, the future of their kids and being educated and, you know, turning out to be productive citizens, which is the goal, you know, at least we hope, but it's interesting to hear the fact that these numbers are going up so high and I'm sure that they'll continue to go up as more and more parents decide to homeschool their children. I've said it on this podcast more than once. We're thinking about homeschooling our children. It's a conversation that comes up periodically. It's something that we consistently keep on our radar as a number one option uh, for education. And we have our reasons why we haven't, you know, pulled the trigger on homeschooling our kids is because, you know, my son is fortunate to be in a good elementary school right now and we don't we don't see a need for it. But we understand that that could change at any moment. So, you know, we, we're prepared for it. And to hear information come out like this that talks about how more and more parents are homeschooling their kids, it's becoming more and more accessible, it's becoming more and more acceptable. It's becoming easier to, you know, get your kids acclimated to homeschool, whether, you know, you find a homeschool pod in your neighborhood or, you know, anything. Uh, we, we found out last year that uh, the YMCA across the street from our house, they have um, facilities that are open for homeschool pods. Now, we haven't seen them, but we, you know, we've seen advertisements for it around the Y when we go. And that's encouraging to know as well. So I want to play this clip that kind of ties into why parents are, this is just one example of why parents are pulling their kids out of public schools and homeschooling them. So let's roll the clip and then I'll come back and uh, we'll talk about it. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests showing mastery of reading, writing, or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. Joel Jones going beyond the headlines tonight to find out what this pause will mean for students. This is a controversial decision and one that's facing a lot of pushback. While some say the decision will lower state standards and cheapen an Oregon diploma, the Oregon Department of Education tells me this policy simply didn't work and disproportionately harms students of color. So you heard that. That is um, a recent news report from the state of Oregon. And Oregon the governor of Oregon decided that this was a good idea a few years ago. And apparently they just doubled down on it by extending the requirement um, for the next five years. So through 2028, the requirement for to be proficient in reading and proficient in math is no longer a requirement for graduation. And if you listen to the end of that clip, they specifically said that they felt that those requirements were disproportionately affecting black students. Now, 
I've been alive long enough to know that that's not true. The teachers union is the focus of this clip to me and they're not mentioned because the teachers union is the biggest machine in this country. They're the, the largest union. They have the most members. They have the most political power. They have the most say so of any other union in the country. They had to sanction this. They had to sign off on this. They had to green light it and say that they thought that this was a good idea, which tells me that they want this same proficiency requirement put in other states everywhere. And so what I have found, if you pay attention to what happens in this country, things start out in small markets and they want to test it to see how it goes before they move it to another another market. Now, this is the state of Oregon, which I'm, I'm actually surprised that California didn't do this first. Because California is that's that's a you know, I don't I don't have the time to unpack the issues in the state of California within this podcast, but they have a track record of rolling out policies like this. But Oregon beat them to the punch. And so here's the thing. They think that this is helping black students and black families who have children in the public schools, black kids who are in the public schools. They're happy to accept this, especially if it means they don't have to work hard. They don't have to strive. Can you imagine being in school and your teacher saying, well, you don't really know. You don't really have to know how to read to graduate. You don't really have to know how to do basic math to graduate. We can still give you a diploma. I, I don't understand that. And I don't have the words. Really, I got nothing. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Now you see this across the nation. If you go back a few episodes I did an entire story. This was back during uh, Black History Month where I highlighted the issues in education for the city of Baltimore in Maryland and how out of 150 high schools or 150 public schools, basically no kids were proficient in math at grade level, which tells me that they weren't proficient in reading because I help my son with his homework sometimes. And I, I have realized that if, if he can read well, that's more than half the battle to understanding a lot of these math problems. And so I don't have to know that these kids can't read to know that they aren't doing well in math. I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to know that. I mean, I, I know that right away when I hear that they're struggling in math and they're not at grade level. I already know that these kids can't read. I already know it. And because these rules are being changed and it's being done through the lens of helping black students thrive is a joke. All of these things that are happening in education and black people are accepting it. It's ridiculous. What it tells me is 
black people are fine with racism as long as it benefits them. As long as it benefits them. This is a benefit to black kids to give them an excuse not to do better, an excuse not to do well because they don't have to. The teachers are no longer requiring them to learn how to read. They're not requiring grammar. It's already bad enough that they're not learning cursive anymore. These kids just don't, they don't, it's not, it's a different day. And these, these parents who are probably uh, in the same boat as their children who probably can't read that well. Uh, the moms are probably overworked and notice I said moms because this affects kids that are on the inner city that are probably coming from single parent homes where the mom is in charge. The dad is not around. I can safely make that assumption. I don't want to say it's a blanket statement, but it's, it's pretty close. And so you have this, an entire state that says you don't have to strive. You don't have to excel. You don't have to be great at this. We just want to get you through because a lot of the, a lot of these, a lot of the reasons that these um, school districts come up with this type of legislation is because they know that the success of the students depends a lot on the funding they get from the government and how much money they have access to. So as long as it looks like these students are matriculating through the system, the government will keep the faucet on. So you can't have students being held back. You can't have students failing because it makes the school look bad. And then people are, you know, you know, the faucet starts to turn into a drip with the potential for it to be turned off altogether. It's, it's all a sham. And I don't know how it got like this because it wasn't like that when I was in school. If you didn't do well, you just didn't, you didn't go to the next grade. If you couldn't read or do math, you did not graduate. There was no hand holding. It just, it wasn't these provisions, provisions were not in place. And they want to gear it towards the black students. It's like we're saying like, well, we know you can't do it. So let's let us just take the requirement away because we don't think you're capable of doing it in the first place. So let's remove the roadblock so that we can say that you graduated. It really is an insult and people don't realize that. Black people are too silly to realize that they're being insulted. They're too busy realizing, not, not understanding why affirmative action was not good for black people. Why, and I'll say this, I know we did the DEI show, David Felton came on to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but I still don't agree with diversity hires. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. I think it's a slap in the face to qualified employees that somebody gets a job based on the color of their skin and not their qualifications. It's a setup. Just like what the state of Oregon is doing with these kids, this is set up. They are setting these kids up for failure. 
when you put people in positions that they're not qualified for, you are setting them up to lose their jobs or to not succeed. And that's not right. You have black, black people that were upset that affirmative action was overturned by the Supreme Court this past summer. They don't realize that it was a minority group, another another minority group that brought the suit and brought the case against all of these colleges. Affirmative, it was a group of Asians, Chinese kids, Koreans. They brought the suit because they saw that they were being unfairly treated where education was concerned and it wasn't fair for them. So the rules looks like we're going to make it easy for black kids to get into college, but we're not going to hold any other group to the same standards. So therefore it makes it harder for them to get in. And I applaud these students, these Asian students that stood up and filed this suit. It was long overdue. Asian students, bravo. You had the wherewithal to say we're not going to stand for this anymore. And what did black people do? They got mad. They thought it was racist. This is racist. This is racism. Meanwhile, black students are happy. Black families are happy to send their kids to colleges that are implementing all black dorms, which is segregation. All black facilities all black staffing facilities, which is segregation. You have uh, schools in, there was a story a few years ago in Atlanta where a teacher decided it, she wanted to run by her principal. She wanted to segregate the white students from the black students and have an all black class. She segregated them. And the principal signed off on it. It's ridiculous. And so over and over again, I, I, so I read some Thomas Sowell from time to time. If you're not familiar with Thomas Sowell, you should be. He's one of the greatest minds of our generation. And he doesn't get the credit because he holds black people accountable. Black people don't like Thomas Sowell because he holds them accountable. And one of my favorite quotes that he says is when people get used to preferential treatment, equal treatment feels like discrimination. And so when affirmative action went away, black people looked at the fact that they need to get into college on their own merit like everybody else. Equal treatment, they looked at that as racism. They're looking at these kids not having to uh, know how to read or do math to graduate from high school. That's preferential treatment. So we need to take that away. Because if they start to feel like they're being treated equally, that's discrimination. You're discriminating against them. It is a lie. I believe in a system of meritocracy. 
And if you don't know what that is, a meritocracy is a system where people are rewarded based on the effort that they put in, the time that they put in, the discipline that they have to put into something. They're rewarded based on their merit. Your station in life is based on what you have put in, what you have accomplished to get there. And we have a real problem with that, especially in the black community. We don't want to recognize it. We don't want to take ownership of our futures. We don't want to take responsibility for where we are in life to try to better ourselves. We want handouts and we want it to be given to us. We want preferential treatment. And if you don't, then you must hate black people. It's foolishness. I just, I don't know. I don't know where we are. I think that as long as this continues, we'll have these issues in this country and until black people decide that they don't want to be given handouts or we want to, you know, get it on our own. I don't know what happened to our sense of accomplishment. Is that still a thing? And while I'm thinking about it, you know, it's easy for these schools to implement policies like you don't have to be proficient in math and reading anymore to graduate. Now, in the school system's defense, they're up against a lot in this modern age because if I am a typical 8th, 7th or 8th grader, 6th or 7th grader in school right now today in 2023, I am on TikTok, I'm on YouTube, and I'm looking at all of these kids that are becoming TikTok influencers, YouTube influencers. They have these YouTube channels, these TikTok pages, they have millions of followers. These pages and these channels are monetized, and these kids are already making money. These kids that are playing video games, they're on Twitch every day. Twitch is monetizing the following that they have. These kids are already making more money than their school teachers' salaries. So if I'm a sixth grader and I have a large following on TikTok, I have a large following on YouTube, I have a large following on Twitch where I'm being funded for making videos, for playing video games, what do I need to go to college for? What's the point of being ready for the workforce. I'm already making more money than most of my friends' parents doing YouTube and TikToking and playing video games. We're in a society where kids love to watch other kids do things. There are kids that are making thousands of dollars a month for kids to, for other kids to go access their channel and watch them play the same video games that they themselves have access to. They don't want to play it themselves. They want to watch other people play the game. I don't know where that came from. I come up from the Nintendo era. When Nintendo came out in 1985, I got one. I got one and I couldn't wait to play it. I didn't want to. And when you went over your friend's house to play, 
It was boring to watch them play the game. You wanted to, you, you couldn't wait for your turn. It was boring to watch them play. You wanted to do it yourself. But not now. Kids will sit for hours and watch somebody else play a video game that they themselves could easily sit down and play themselves. And so these are the kids that are looking at school like, I don't need, I don't need school. So what? I don't have to know how to read. I don't have to know how to write. Don't get me started on the music industry. As you can tell from these rappers that come out, just listen to Sexy Red. I guarantee she has a problem reading. And that's an assumption that I'm willing to make. I could be totally wrong on her, but I doubt it. Which if I am wrong, that she's even worse because she's being willfully dishonest in misleading people to appear dumb and ignorant just so that she can make a buck selling records and making goofy music. I'm just saying her because she's, she's who came to mind. I listened to her talk in an interview and I can just tell she's uneducated. So you listen to this clip from the state of Oregon. Take your kids out of school. Homeschool them if you can. Think about it. It's a viable option. I think I'm going to close it off from there. I know you hear me. I'm congested. The weather is changing it here in North Carolina. It's 80 degrees one day and 30 degrees the next. And I'm congested. I almost didn't do a show, but I figured I, I need to stay on track and keep these shows coming. So the end of the year is coming. Uh, it's fast approaching. It'll be 2024 before you know it, man. It's we already in November. Thanksgiving is basically tomorrow. And then what? Then you have Christmas. So shout out to you wherever you are. If you're listening, um, I hope you're well. And um, I will catch you guys on the next show. I appreciate all the new listeners. I appreciate all the feedback and the responses that I've been getting. They're very encouraging. I'm, I'm thankful for all of it. So you guys stay tuned and just remember that no matter where you go and no matter where you do, that common sense is uncommon. Peace.